All right, so I just hit the get my payment uh, button, and that'll give me the status of my 2021 <laughs> economic impact payment. Supposedly, the stimulus, All right. the one that's gonna that's gonna end poverty, man. This is okay, it. it says, you this ready? U.S. government system is for authorized use only. Use of the system constitutes consent to monitoring, interception, recording, reading, copying, or capturing by authorized personnel of all activities. There's no right to privacy in this system. <laughs> Thank you, IRS. We knew this, though. Unauthorized yeah. use of this system is prohibited and subject to criminal and civil penalties, Whoa. including all penalties applicable to willful unauthorized access or inspection of taxpayer records. It was so scary that I actually, like, didn't do it the first time. I was like, oh, this is wrong. This is wrong. IRS is going to come after me. <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck. All right. My nine-digit social security number, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Done. <laughs> Date of birth. <laughs> That's right. This is happening right now. All right. Street address. I can do that. Okay. And continue. We scheduled your payment to be deposited on March 17th, 2021 to the bank account below. That's amazing. See, mine just says fucking status not available and they what don't the know hell? why. They're like, oh, it, it, like I said earlier uh, off mic, it was like either it, they haven't processed it or not eligible, but you know, I did my taxes and I should be eligible. So it's kind of like, uh, it'd be nice if you told me when this was coming, when everyone else was fucking getting it. Yeah, it's really just been me checking my bank account because I do have uh, I have voiceover clients who, you know, I'm waiting for payments from them. And, uh, you know, I kind of, like, need that stimmy, baby. I need yeah. that stimmy soon. <laughs> we need that stimmy, good. man. Let's see. Are there any new reviews this week or do we get right into the housekeeping? Oh, we're doing housekeeping? That's right. You knew it, man. <laughs> Don't try and trick me. I Don't thought we were reviewing Tyler Perry's uh, Halloween movies. Oh, oh, that's right. Um, I forgot that this is Tyler from the future. You're here from next October in which um, in order to save time, uh, they, they did give us they did give us uh, smaller work weeks, but they also lessened the year. So it's now <laughs> they, they took 12 months and put them into six. So we're covering Black History Month and Halloween in one month. And we're doing Tyler Perry's Medea series. Just get three we got off. really lazy. We got really lazy. We went super liberal after Biden got elected. And we just, you know, we're just like, eh, fuck it. But Ty from the future, thanks for coming back. This is actually the day and time in which uh, we did a housekeeping. Housekeeping oh, okay. for the week ending in March 26th, 2021. Although we are recording this 10 days before that, so who knows how much right, things right. will change. I, I won't and tell you too many spoilers for the future, like how the Space Force actually saves the Earth or anything like that, because it'll just blow your fucking mind. Oh, now, see, I just feel like after that, you're about to go back to your time, and you're going to be like, oh, they saved the Earth from a threat that they were responsible for. <laughs> like, they tried to colonize Jupiter, it didn't work out, the natives turned out to have really awesome technology and came to Earth, and... Um, you know, somehow we made a deal with them. <laughs> they were like, listen, we'll take take all of our uh, incarcerated people of color and use them to, to for your culture. <laughs> they're, like, <laughs> they're like, oh, Space Force. Man, uh, the nihilism is hitting real, folks, in case you didn't know. Uh, um, we do not have another review after Benny and the Jets, so I think we'll just bring in the theme music. Sound good? Sounds great. All right, come on in. <laughs> to the theme song of the podcast yet. <laughs> is, is this going to be uh is this going to be included in the next episode? It's in the episode. Uh, so funny story, I was like I was go I was gonna Yeah, tell me. Right? Please, I, yeah. I had my headphones in. Uh I was like hit play and you know, I'm listening to us kind of just go back and forth a little bit and you're like Bring on the theme music, and a fucking alien invasion happened right in my backyard. And I uh, I didn't do anything. I just kind of watched, but I took my headphones out, so I didn't listen. I'm sorry. Oh, so this is still future Tyler? or <laughs> Yeah, he's <laughs> 30 <laughs> years from now, he still happened. hasn't listened to the theme music. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Um, all right, well, just out of curiosity, what do you think it sounds like? What do you think the listeners hear? They hear like, all right, let's bring in the theme, and then what happens? I feel like it's really like 
laid back. It's like jazz music. It's like, you know, come on, guys. Going on an adventure with these two guys who, who talk about stuff that they sort of know about and, and don't know everything. Uh, and it's just, like, really chill. Am I close? Uh, I mean, oddly specific for music. I'm going to be honest <laughs> with you, for, for no audio, uh, just straight instrumental. But, you know, art is open to interpretation. That's right. Um, no, I think you just, I mean, there's a smooth jazzy riff that breaks See? in the beginning See? of that yep. episode. Knew but it. That's, that's like the introduction music. It gets us all ready and makes the listeners think we're cooler than we are. And then the theme music happens. Okay. All right, uh, all right, tune right. in next week for when I asked Ty what he, <laughs> if he listened to the theme song again and his other take of what it might sound like. This is a lot uh, of pressure. I'm a procrastinator, guys. I'm not going to lie. I like the Joker for as long... <laughs> For as long as Tyler doesn't listen to the theme song, this will be a segment on the podcast. I'm prepared to commit to it. <laughs> I'm a man of my word. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, welcome back to uh, Housekeeping, presented by the Politipop Podcast, the podcast where we take your favorite pop culture media and read between the lines of the social and political themes within. This is our our monthly episode called Housekeeping, in which we just discuss current events we riff a little bit we give our political takes and of course uh you know it's to find out whether anything we we said was founded or not you know by that i mean ty will have sources and i won't i've i we've after the benny and the jets riff of the soul episode we have gone two completely different ways and and uh i'm full-on alex jones and ty's uh ty so um yeah uh but yes i am your co-host mike booch aka the soy boy pseudo intellectual and with me as always is my incredible co-host ty hello haha uh hello there and to all of you who are listening to this podcast please make sure that you give us a uh a like and subscribe if you're listening to us on youtube if you're listening to us on another podcatcher of choice uh please subscribe uh rate and review means a lot to us and it's an easy way for you to support the podcast uh you can find us on social media we're on twitter at politipoppod and instagram at politipoppodcast and you can email us at politipopcast at gmail.com and as always find those show notes and sources at politipoppodcast.wordpress.com this edition of housekeeping is uh going to be ty telling me about news uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, so exciting and, uh, and being that we are recording this a little ahead of time by the time this comes out this could be incredibly dated which is going to be that's true but we have honestly we haven't done a housekeeping in at least a month so like we haven't provided takes on stuff that i want to say at least ago. two months honestly and to give you a little bit of a of a glance into my headspace uh i close twitter pretty much as soon as i open it nowadays uh because uh the world hurts um, so uh so 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 this this is going to be a, a a housekeeping like like no other i don't understand why watching. man they ended poverty this week uh racism, <laughs> racism. doesn't exist goodbye um, racism you know we have the most you know leftist president in history i mean it's it's a huge huge time well, I did. Uh, I did leave a voicemail with a therapist's office last week, so I could finally start um, working on nice. on my my mental health. And they never called me back, so I called back again today. The specific therapist I wanted leaving the practice. Oh! All of the other clinicians that they could recommend me to, they're all full up. I could get put on a waiting list. So I'm that's their way of saying like, we can't help you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Um, it might be better that way because I think that's close to where I went uh, for therapy as a child because I, oh. I, I used to live right around the corner from this town. So uh, You should have just been like, hey, so that guy's leaving your practice. Can you just like give me his cell phone number and I'll go with him? So that's the thing. I did. I, I was going to ask, but I'm like, there's no way they're going to give give another practice business. No way, a, no. Or B, she might just be out of the business all in all. Like, who knows? You know, yeah. maybe she's like, she fuck just, this. She, I need help. Yeah, she's like, this is the worst year <laughs> of my fucking life. I can't. I don't know how to help these people. <sighs> it is because, like, you know, I'm, I'm hearing that. Uh, that this is a different sort of trauma than than we're used to. Right. Like a lot of traumas are like you know they 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 happen for you know relatively 
a, a quick period of time and then we kind of uh you know adjust to that and spend our lives staying away from that one thing but this has been an extended trauma and you know what I'll start it off with my story which isn't really a story it's just me asking like how has your first year of COVID-19 been like like where you were last year at this time like this is March yeah. this is when the pandemic was declared official uh in the United States what what has that past year been like for you that that ex, quote unquote that extended trauma that we're still adjusting to every fucking day yeah i mean it, it, it's interesting it kind of reminds me you know because it's affected the whole world at the same time it's almost like world war ii right you know or world war one like there really isn't that many events that i think affects the entire uh wor- world you know almost every population has been you know significantly affected by this so i mean for me last year uh, it was there was a lot of um, uncertainty, a lot of fear. You know, I know I, when it first began, I kind of underplayed it a little bit. I was like, all right, it's not going to be as bad as they're making it out to be, you know. Um, and I obviously work in retail, you know, at a, at a grocery store. So in those first few weeks, actually, we um, were wrong. We were so yeah. Wrong. Uh, <laughs> I think last week was the week we actually did the most money in our store's history because. Um, people were just panicking, right? They were panic buying. So they were coming in and buying two, three shopping carts worth of food. And we literally could not keep up. We were, uh, we were overwhelmed in a way we'd never been before. It was probably the most exhausting week, uh, of everyone who worked there's lives. You know, uh, it felt like Thanksgiving times a hundred. And, um, we, we were just totally like, wow, this is, this is really happening. I think we were just so caught up in it that it was, it was hard to really feel like fear or emotion at the moment. And then, uh, about you know less than two weeks later, no one came in anymore, and all these new mandates came out, like wearing a mask at work, uh, keeping a limited amount of people in the store, keeping a line outside. And I think that's when I started to get afraid. Um, you know, I started being like, "Well, this is kind of scary, right?" You know, and people were literally holed up in their homes and not coming out. And uh, you know, you started hearing about the numbers going up in the hospitals and people dying and. It was it was really really fucking scary. Um, and you fast forward, uh, you know, to this time, um, and it's a much different experience. Uh, for for certain reasons, I I can't outright say it, but let's say I had a really close contact with COVID, and uh, you know, ex- experiencing that that close contact has really opened my eyes to to kind of you know how it affects somebody and affects the people around them. Um, and who and knows where future Tyler got exposed to it? Ex- exactly. So we really, you know, we really don't know. I mean, it could have been. You can't say it because if past Tyler listens to this episode, he will know his own future. Exactly. And, and, and know, if he goes into the, the space paradox. force, to, when the <laughs> when they start drafting people of all ages. Oh yes. Yeah, the Battle of Jupiter. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and, you know, and and now I think there's there's less fear for me. Definitely. Uh, there's more disappointment. There's more, uh, you know, anger and sadness and just how this country has handled it. You know, we've talked, you know, to death about it, about, you know, how the, the government really didn't give the aid that was needed and really didn't help people the way most other countries were. And we just really didn't do a very good job of, of both containing the virus and economically and, and you know mentally helping the people of this country so you know it's a very very different feeling i'm not i'm not as scared as i was but i'm just i think i'm just burned out you know what i mean i think there's just comes a point where you're just like you're just done man you just you just want to get over it and uh you know i was i was really on the fence about getting the vaccine for a while but i'm i'm signed up now i'm waiting to get it and uh i i just you know i just want to put this shit behind us and and try to Try to get go forward, I guess. How about yourself? Yeah, and uh, just to uh, piggyback off of that, the um, which they always told us never to say in professional settings, but good thing this isn't professional. That's right. Um, to uh, to ethically and humanely back off of the piggy off of what you were saying. That's right. <laughs> I I did I did mention last week that I that I got my uh, my COVID nineteen uh, vaccination, my first shot. Uh, as of as of today, there's no side effects to report other than my arm was a little sore. Uh, so we'll see. But I also said last episode, by the time like the lasting shit comes out, I'm going to be long gone. So I really I really don't care. Or so long into your life that it really won't matter. You know what I mean? If it happens 30 years from now and you're six, you're like, oh, you know, this could uh, 
could prevent you from having a lot of kids or, or like, you know. Why do I sound like one of the freaks of cock guys? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, you know. Oh. <laughs> or is that just Randy Savage? <laughs> Listen here, brother. Bowen saw is ready for this vaccine. <laughs> I got the COVID-19 vaccination. <laughs> Oh, oh my god. No, seriously. So uh so yeah, so I'm uh, I'm fucked up. Um my um you know, <laughs> I'm sorry. Remember, that's, wow. <laughs> it's it, to be quite <laughs> frank with you, it's it's terrible. I mean, but everyone who's listened to this podcast for the past year, like you have had a wild window into us and especially yeah. into me because I am grossly honest on this podcast <laughs> uh, especially because like only a few people who are close to me actually listen to it like you've heard me become like reliant on cannabis you've heard me fucking purchase a firearm uh, over the past year um you know when i saw that that citizens were being taken away by unmarked federal vehicles like you know so so yeah there's been a little fear in the past year for me as well but i remember when this whole thing and by fear is a very a very weird term to throw around because um you know that's uh that's the term that 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 people use to to talk about how tough they are oh you're afraid of covid that's uh, too much fear don't live your life in fear i don't listen here brother i don't have any fear of covid 19 that was me a year ago and now here I, with the vaccine you know um, yeah I but, think uh, that's, that's accurate <laughs> but um but yeah, so last year I remember I was going to play disc golf with Kenny and 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 you know my ex wife. Uh, I was gonna say my ex fiance, current wife. You said ex wife uh, too. I know I almost did. My ex fiance, now wife, uh, you know was was like really emotional about it, and she was like, you know, I was like, yeah, we're gonna pick up some food and then come home. And she was like, she was like, the whole like state is shutting down tomorrow. You can't go to places. I was like, I can go to places now. She's like, it's shutting down because there's a virus, and I'm like, yeah, but whatever, you know, the the flu, blah blah blah, all that shit. Yeah. And like, no, I wasn't. I, Obviously, like I'm not a conservative tool bag, but I was spitting a lot of those talking points. But was it a coping they, mechanism? For, for me, it was. Oh yeah. Like, I didn't want to tell myself this was that dangerous, right? Because then it's real. If you tell yourself, "Hey, it's no worse than the flu," then it kind of takes that fear away from you a little bit. And then when you see everybody wearing masks and having to wait outside uh, in lines and stores and stuff, then it becomes real. And I do want to make sure that I'm that I let everybody know that. I am pro all of these COVID-19 guidelines. Like, I'm aware that they have to happen for a reason, um, you know, but it is it is difficult. And, and I feel like it, nowadays, especially every time I see those those things, like, because you can walk outside, man, and be like, oh, my God, it's a beautiful day. Like, you know, the weather, you know, the weather's great. Like, you know, you know, for the first time in a long time, I actually smelled the outside the other day, you know, like it thawed just a little bit and I could smell the grass just a bit. And it was like, it was great. Also reminded me that seasonal depression is a very real thing uh, because <laughs> good weather shouldn't make me feel that great. But, um, yeah, it's interesting to me. I don't, uh, it, yeah. it, it is. Uh, but like, you know, but then you go to a supermarket and it's like, oh shit, like this is still very real. And every time I see like, you know, all these guidelines being put into place, some people want to call them restrictions, you know, tomato tomato at this point you know it it's a reminder of how much we've been let down by the people that we've elected to serve us right like you know this this was all preventable and it still can be changed um but you know it's 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 depressing and uh and it's you know it's it's very difficult and that's why you know like every time i you know i i finally started getting back into art so every time i go to my art instagram I'm like, yeah, like this is awesome. I'm seeing people create. Uh, but but other than that, like I only spend maybe an hour a day on Facebook, you know, and it's yeah. in the morning. And then after that, I, I I don't touch it because it's just fruitless arguments I'm going to get into with people. And, you know, as we've discussed, like just just try and be constructive as to where you put your energy, whether it's right. in activism or or if it is in, I don't know, anything else, just be constructive about it, you know? Because otherwise, you might just be that person I mentioned last week looking at the Black Mirror. Whoa. No streaming on Netflix. Um. Okay. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So 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 I'm not I'm not doing well. But also I have a, I have a lot of 
you know, great stuff in my life that 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 people do not have, you know, such as yeah. you know, loving wife and a great dog and you know, and I you know, I'm very lucky that I get to, you know, ride out this unemployment train for as long as right, I can. Right. Um, you know, while not having to go back to you know, like you have. You've been face to face with the virus this entire year. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I know for me it's going to sound corny, but the podcast was actually really helpful uh, for like just getting my feelings and, and, and thoughts on stuff out. And, and it's just cathartic. Being a, yeah. Yes. Like I've, I've really enjoyed doing this um, for me more than you listeners. Sorry. I really, really enjoy doing it for me because it's just, it's a good chance to, to catch up with you and just kind of discuss stuff. And uh, we work through a lot of different uh, leftist stuff and have really, you know, um, become more radicalized and, and just discussed, you know, what, what's going on. It's a great excuse to watch a lot of movies that I haven't seen or, or would love to rewatch. So that's been a super helpful thing for me. So I think just finding something uh, to kind of, you know, give you a little joy to get some of your emotions out um, is really key, especially now when people are at an all-time level of depression. Um, I would call it the, the Great Depression, but they already coined that phrase once, so... The greatest depression. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yes. Depression 2.0. Um, depression 2, Judgment Day. Uh, depression 2, The Quest for Peace. Uh, depression 2, Electric Boogaloo, not connected with the Boogaloo Boys. Um, depression Returns. Depression Forever. Depression and Robin. Uh, depression, depression, the Snyder Cut. <laughs> depression, the Snyder Cut. Depression Begins. Uh, depression Rises. <laughs> The Dark Depression. The Dark Depression. Oh, man. That's the one everyone rewatches. That really hits home. Uh, depression, The Last Airbender. I, I could do this for a straight hour. This yeah, is why we got to yeah. start the improv thing. I'm telling you. I, I don't, I'm not sure if the Politipop podcast has the legs to, or if I have the legs to carry the Politipop podcast and not uh, lose my sanity while doing it further down the line. Well, when you um, when you take a break from the Politipop podcast and I take over hosting duties, I wind up ending it. And then you come back with a newer podcast that's even bigger and better, um, and we join forces again. Oh shit! More future oh, spoilers. Sorry, man. Shit. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, I can't. I can't wait to be there. Can't. Can't wait to be there, buddy. <laughs> but yeah, man. Uh, so 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 this is it. And uh, to the rest of you out there, you know, once again, you can email us at politipodcast at gmail Let us know what your first year of COVID-19 and it sends a chill down my spine saying that because it should have just been, you know, ah, it was a wild summer. Yeah. Like it should have been, what was the, you know, your summer of COVID-19. And it's probably people who had a way worse experience. I mean, I know so many people who lost loved ones or, you know, were hospitalized with COVID, you know, who can breathe on their, I mean, there's some really terrifying shit that happened uh you know people who were protesting the streets and were getting attacked by police there was there's some really crazy stuff that happened uh over the last you know year so uh, uh, you know yeah tell us your story you know uh we'd love to hear from it from you and, and hear about what you experienced yeah and i'm also interested in just knowing where people's uh ideologies lay after after the pandemic because you know like i like i've mentioned i i pretty much it was my liberal angst that started the politipop podcast and a lot of you know i was also trying to be very both sidesy very centrist and kind of gave up on it you know covid hit you you bring it back honestly ty and then and then it's this wild turn left yeah. And yet now I'm also kind of like in this hippie phase where it's like, yeah, like we got to unite the working class, man, no matter where you fall. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see. And please don't spoil it. Future tie. It'll be interesting <laughs> to see where it goes in in the future where, you know, where we go. And we want to know where you've where you've been to on the on this journey. Yep. Yeah. And I want to say where you've ended up because it's still going, hopefully, you know. Yeah, exactly. What uh, what did you want to talk about? As far as what's going on, I want to say in the world, but realistically, we're probably going to cover United States politics and and, yeah. and, and goings on. So what do you have for me, Ty? Give it to me. Well, I know we opened uh, talking about the stimulus, so we might as well just kind of get into that real quick. Um, so the, the stimulus checks were finally approved uh, by the House and Senate. Joe Biden signed off on them. And, uh, you know, they, they sent them out very quickly. I'll give them I'll give them credit. I think actually the same day people were getting them 
when, when Biden signed it, but the majority were going to be going in the following week, which um, will be tomorrow for when we're recording this. But by the time this airs, most people have gotten it. Uh, but there's a couple <laughs> things about the stimulus that are... Yeah, for are, you guys, it would have been a week and a half ago. Yeah. Well, you're listening to this now, and hopefully <laughs> I would have gotten it by then. Hopefully. Hopefully I will, because I'm still getting no status update. But uh, basically, that you know, it's it's fourteen hundred uh, dollar checks again, right? Um, even though Joe Biden promised two thousand dollar checks when he was uh, trying to get you know control of the Senate and, and all that, um, but and there's going to be so many Professor Hulk liberals who are like, I see this as an absolute win. Yes, yeah. <laughs> well, they're saying that a lot of people are saying that you know even Bernie Sanders is saying this is one of the uh, the largest you know legislation <sighs> victories and. In, uh, in American history, you know, uh, for progressives and, you know, it's going to do great. And listen, you know, I know Bernie's been fighting his fucking ass off to get people these checks. So, of course, he's, you know, he's excited to see it happening. But, you know, um, they means tested it, right? They, they, uh, they actually lowered the threshold for who would get it. So if you made 80000 or more, you got nothing, not a dollar. And listen, you know, for some people, $80,000 probably sounds like a whole lot of money. But if you live in places like New York, California, um, you know, Washington, these are these are very expensive states. And, uh, you know, that yes, they are. doesn't lots of bills and debt that people are paying. Right. Also. People have student loans. They have mortgages, rent, uh, you know, car payments, you know, child support, whatever it might be. It, you know, it, it adds up very quickly. And, and $80,000 is not a whole lot of money. Um, you know, rent in New York is like around $2,000 a month, you know, like it's, it, it's not cheap. And, uh, you and know, this I, is what is this, um, sorry, per yeah. household or per person? This is per person. I believe it's 160,000, okay. um, for, for married couples. So if they make it more than a total of 160,000, but you know, you got to understand too, just because you're filing as a single person, right? That you're make $80,000 doesn't mean you don't have dependents. You know, you might have, uh, you might have kids, you might have, um, you know, a sickly parent or an injured, you know, uh, wife or girlfriend or, or boyfriend or, or husband who can't work. You know, there's, there's definitely things that, that go into it. That, that means, you know, it's not just one dude living on his own, right? In his bachelor pad, making $82,000 and living it up. Like there's definitely more to it. And I think, uh, I got a you know, quarter chub when you said that. <laughs> it was right into my soul. Good, I was like, good. oh, my God. <laughs> you know, and, and I think when you promise people something, uh, you kind of got to follow through on it, right? And there's there might even be people who make $80,000 or more who, who voted to make sure Biden got into office to make sure, you know, we had control of the House and the Senate. And now they're, they're going to get fucked over. And that sucks. You know, that really sucks. And guess what? Donald Trump didn't do that. Donald Trump. The neo-fascist did not means test it to this level. Uh, I think you ha- you had to make a hundred thousand or more if you got nothing. So they they shaved quite a bit off. Um, and it's still it's still breadcrumbs, you know, long and short of it. It's it still is fucking breadcrumbs, and we shouldn't we we shouldn't be satisfied with this. Yes, right. It's, you know, it's it you know that that money makes a difference. It, you know, it really does. Unfortunately, it's such a small amount, and yet it makes such a such a difference. Yeah, I mean, if you're about to get evicted, it might help you pay rent. If you have no food, it could help you there. You know, uh, maybe you need money for the bus so you can go get a job. You know what I mean? Like this, this could go a long way. And if yeah, you but may- this is how many packages too? Like how many? Yeah. We've gotten what two? We got a, we got a fourteen hundred and a six hundred from him, and now we're getting fourteen hundred from Biden. So we've still gotten more from the. I know, I know. Obviously, yeah. you know, there was like he was in office for longer, but like I think, I think the reason we we bring this stuff up, and obviously, it's not because we're 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 pro Trump, and uh, no. you know, and, and we've stopped kind of doing the whole like red versus blue ideology a long time ago, but it's you know you really have to look at your government as a whole and see how they're treating you, and also look outside. What other countries are get you know. Are, are having rent freezes and actually being taken care of. Like, yeah. In England, they get 80% of their salary every month. Every month. Like, and they sh- when they shut the whole like, country down. And, and you know what I mean? Like, and we did nothing like that. We, you know, we did some uh, 
unemployment benefits, which they have now also cut down. I think, what was it originally? $600 extra under Trump. And then they went to 400, right? In the second yeah, stimulus package. Yeah, and then I package. think it's 300 extra. Now it's, now it's 300, you know? Yeah. So they're, they're cutting, cutting, cutting. And you, you got to remember, right? Democrats were the one pushing for a lot of, a lot of these benefits when Trump, the Trump administration was in office. And now the Democrats have, you know, the House, the Senate, and the presidency, and they're giving us less. They're giving us less. And they're throwing a stick into the spokes of their bicycle and going, oh, no, you know, the House parliamentarian. Yeah. <laughs> or like, you know, yeah. like, oh, we can't we're do made this. Some you know, they're, they're, they're stumbling all along the way, but they're the ones stumbling themselves. And they're trying to be like, oh, like, you know, they don't, they don't want to fight for anything. The slightest inconvenience. And it's, oh, oh all right. Yep. Yep. And, you know, again, like if you make seventy seven thousand dollars, you're getting like there you make you're getting like half of what the stimulus would have been. Like it's so it's such a drastic drop after that seventy five thousand cutoff. Uh, it, it's it's brutal. You know, the one good thing they did was they actually included all dependents this time, not just dependents under 18. So that's great, you know, for people who who, you know, have to claim uh you know, a significant other who's not able to work or, you know, has an, an older child living with them or whatever it might be, um, you know, they, they are able to claim them. So that's great. That's that's cool. I'm glad they did that. You know, that was a nice step in the right direction. But uh, I definitely think the means testing was a mistake. And you got to remember, you know, there's there's a, there's new elections in 2022. And if they want to keep control, you know, of, of both the House and the Senate, they've got to really show some some big moves here because you know to motivate people to go out and vote for you you have to really offer a lot unfortunately because so many people are just so disenfranchised with politics and feel like neither side really helps them out you know it's hard to convince them to go out out of their way and vote for you if you're not actually helping them um and right now you know i i i think that they're not really showing that they're they're going to help on the level they that they promised and I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why the Democratic Party is just becoming more and more antiquated, despite mainstream media's best efforts, that the writing is is more visible on the wall right now. Like the black light has been lifted up, especially this past year, you know, to, to show people like, all right, look what Democrats are actually doing for you. You know, yep. look at if they're actually fighting for you, you know, when it counts, not like, oh, it's peacetime. And, and we said that. Uh, you know, we, we put a pride flag on this or, or, or we or we passed, a, you know, this tiny bit of legis- legislation that makes you think we like gay people or black people or something like, no, like this past year has shown that, you know, when it counts, they're not going to push for Medicare for all. They're they're going to to not push for, you know, for a higher minimum wage, even though they say they will, they won't actually do it. And, you know, when they when they push for this stimulus and they're going to fight super hard for it. It, it, it is still breadcrumbs, and right. I, I cannot stress that enough. I know I use the term all the time, but it is breadcrumbs, and we are so happy to take it. Yeah, can you can you imagine living off $1,400 for like six months? And then, then they give you like, what, $600, and then like four months later, another $1,400? There's no way. I, I couldn't even pay my rent. Like, I wouldn't be able to survive. There's, there's no fucking way. Like, you, you can't do it. You know, you, you can't pay your bills and feed your family and... You know, it, it, it's it's so difficult. And, you know, I'm sure people are like, well, go out and get a job. But there's a lot of people that have uh, really high risk, you know, health issues that can't go out and risk this pandemic. They cannot do it or they're just scared and they shouldn't have to put their life on the line. You know, like I said, like I said, <clears throat> excuse me, when, when this all started, you know, we were really scared of my job. And, you know, a lot of people took a, a voluntary leave of absence and it really put them in a hole financially. And, you know, it, it, it was just... You know, it's scary and you shouldn't have to do that uh, in order to survive. But that's kind of the where we've been, you know, put put uh, put into the situation here. Um, and, you know, this, this stimulus, it's a stimulus plan, right? So it's supposed to stimulate the economy. So if you give someone who has 80, makes $85,000 this money, they're going to put it back into the economy. I know I would, right? Like if I was getting regular checks and I, I was able to pay my bills, I'd be more likely to order takeout or, you know, uh, go to you know, a local pet store and get my cat something. Like, you know, like you, you put it back into the economy. It's not like, you know, most people are just hoarding the money. Like they, they just didn't have it to spend. So you're helping, you know, local businesses and people keep their jobs. And, uh, you know, it, it becomes a whole thing. So I just, you know, it, it's wild to me. And, and I've heard this from from different communists and socialist speakers say, you know, 
they're trying to preserve capitalism, right? But yeah, yeah, the, that's the, it. You know, but the funny the thing line. is, the stimulus actually will help them preserve it a little longer. Because if you give people money to spend, they're going to spend it on capitals, right? They're going to spend it on, on, on things. And if people have no money, it's just going to highlight the failures of capitalism. So they won't even do the bare minimum to kind of keep their own system alive. So it just really highlights how fucked this whole thing is. That's a really that's a really good point you bring up. And, you know, while you said you've heard it other places, you know, I, I also have, too. But, um, you know, but for those of you who haven't heard it before, you're hearing it from us like the working class are consumers. Right. And, you know, I've also said this before that the United States, uh, United States capitalism is a pyramid scheme. So whatever we have at the bottom for lack of a better description, <laughs> goes up to the top. It is trickle-up economics. So, you know, so yes, you you want to give money to the working class because we're not the ones who are going to, you know, you know, invest it and put it away and turn it into a billion dollars, you know, further down the line. We're the ones who are like, all right, we got to buy shit. We got to do this. We have needs that have to be met. And yeah, it would be nice to have this little creature comfort. You know, like we will spend money and that is what capitalism needs to thrive. So... Yep. Um, it, it is it is surprising that the United States is not looking out for its own best interest in uh, in in keeping us, you know, keeping us fed that way. Yeah. Uh, financially. While we're while we're talking about about politicians and I know that this happened a while ago, but it, but it really it had this lasting effect. This was the uh, the when the snowstorm hit Texas and Mayor Tim Boyd now uh, resigned uh, neckbeard Tim Boyd, uh, he he had a Facebook post where he said uh, he said let me hurt some feelings while I have a minute. Oh, no one owes you or your family anything, nor is it the local government's responsibility to support you during trying times like this. Sink or swim, it's your choice. The city and county, along with power providers or any other service, owes you nothing. I'm sick and tired of people looking for a damn handout. If you don't have electricity, you step up and come up with a game plan to keep your family warm and safe. If you have no water and deal without and think outside of the box to survive and supply water to your family. That's literally what he said. I don't think it made sense, but I read it out loud. If you were, si I'm used to reading copy from overseas all the time anyway. So like, <laughs> if you were sitting at home in the cold because you have no power and are sitting there waiting for someone to come rescue you because you're lazy is direct result of your raising. Once again, this is how he speaks. Only the strong will survive and the weak will perish. Folks, God has given us the tools, blah, blah, blah. Sadly, product of a socialist government where they feed people to believe that the few will work and others will become direct dependent for handouts. It's actually the opposite. He, um, Am I sorry that you have been dealing? Okay, I'm not going to finish it. It's terribly put together. But um, on a couple things, one no matter how terrible your grammar is, folks, you can hold office. The The bar is so low. I am honest. I'm going through a campaign right now to delete as much problematic stuff as I can from my social media. So that way I can, you know, run run for office if the, if the, if the moment ever arises in the future. So you, you all at home or wherever you're listening to this, do that too. Um, but the other thing, and I, and I told you this off mic, Ty, like, like this, this sentiment blew my mind because... You know, I was I was talking with my neighbor the other night and he, you know, he said like, oh, like uh, socialism, you know, blah, do you really think that's the better way, blah, blah. And I said, no, I said, I don't trust the government with my health care. I don't trust the government with any of this, blah, blah, blah. Communism, is, you know, in theory is is the way because we are the ones controlling it. Right. And and Tim Boyd, Tim Boyd outlined it so perfectly here because they do owe us stuff, the city, the county, all of those places, because we pay them. For yeah. those things, we pay for our water, we pay for our electricity, we pay for our, our oil, like we pay for all of those things. So, yes, as a matter of fact, you do owe us those things. And more so, it's illegal for us to provide them for ourselves. That's another thing. Like when like socialism, unfortunately, is the next step because it's illegal for us to provide any of these things for ourselves. You know, también la lluvia, even the rain, we are not allowed to collect. Yep. We're not allowed to take the natural resource that that recycles throughout our own planet. We we are not allowed to get our own. Now, granted, I don't know how to just get electricity and make it happen, but I'm sure that there's plenty of people who could find independent ways. Uh, you know, you to, get a kite, you wait for a storm. Come on, man. Yeah, go hang out with your friend Tesla and then take his ideas, you know. Oh, 
yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, when you privatize literally, you know, the elements of the earth, it, it's kind of fucking hard to to survive without you know those those companies and governments that have privatized it helping you out. So it's you know. <sighs> yeah, like. Unfortunately, it is a product of our government, but not a socialist government. Like you have taken away everything that we could. We can't fucking feed off the land unless unless we do it the right way. You know, and I'm not you know, I'm talking about. Yeah, like I I can't just go find a piece of open land and start farming it, you know, or if you're you know, if if you're a hunter, you know, like you can't. Oh, actually, no, all the hunting regulations, you know, even though we don't necessarily support it as vegans, like they're put in place for conservation. But point is, is that, (laughs) um, you know, there, there are actually some laws that have been put in place and have prevented indigenous peoples from using their land the way their ancestors have for generations. So I reverse my statement for them specifically. There's always nuance, guys. But anyway, point is, is um, yeah, the government unfortunately does owe us this shit because that's what we pay them. And this stimulus is another one of those things too, right? This is this is money. This is tax dollars that we've been putting into the government. That guess what? It doesn't need to go to a drone strike, which I'm sure we'll talk about at some point before the end of this episode. Yeah, it needs to go to back to the people. So George Floyd, uh, the Minneapolis approves historic twenty-seven million dollar settlement with George Floyd's family. Uh, the Minneapolis City Council approved Friday a $27 million civil settlement with the family of George Floyd over the black man's death in police custody last year. The City Council voted 13-0 to approve the settlement, which directs 500000 to be used to benefit the George Floyd Memorial Site at 38th and Chicago. Uh, Derek Chauvin, the former Minneapolis police officer who kneeled on Floyd's neck for more than nine minutes, is standing trial on murder and manslaughter counts. Three other ex-officers involved in the fatal arrest are charged with aiding and abetting will be tried jointly in August. The family lawsuit was filed against the city on July 15th, alleging the four former officers violated Floyd's rights when they restrained him. Um, so, you know, obviously this is a huge win for his family. Um, absolutely deserved, right? I mean, they fucking murdered him. So, uh, you know, it's, that's that's awesome that they got this. It is also, you know, separate from the, the criminal trial of the officers, um, so we don't, we still don't know how that's going to go though. I'm sure most of us can guess, uh, you know, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, do you think they do like, do you think they offer one up as like a sacrificial lamb? Like is Chauvin the one who, who gets some sort of recompense and the other three are let off with lighter sentences or not at all? Or, uh, I mean, I don't, I, I'm sure they're going to try and toe the to, line here to appease people because I mean, black lives matter movement really blew up because of George Floyd's murder. You know, they're going to try to, to, to make sure it doesn't happen again. We're going into the warm weather, right? People will take to the fucking streets again and, uh, and start protesting. So they're going to have to really, like you said, toe the line here. Um, I, I would be surprised. And I'm pretty if, sure they already, uh, they already, pr- um, like put preparations uh in the city for if that does happen too like that they were more prepared for you know january 6th storming the capitol no we could never be afraid of white people that's right yes we will definitely be afraid of 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 black people they are the threat sorry to cut you off no i mean that's that's pretty pretty good point yeah i mean i i don't i can't foresee them actually charging any of these guys with murder you know Derek chauvin I, i doubt he'll get charged with murder um, I'm sure, you know, he's, well, he obviously has already been fired from the police department. I don't know if they, he got to keep his pension. I'm assuming not, but, um, you know, I, I, there'll be some sort of repercussion, but it won't be enough. It, it's never enough. And I think we've, we've learned that time and time again. I'd be really surprised if they finally did the right thing. Uh, but you know, again, at least the family got some money out of it, but you know, I, I, am not surprised by that either. Right. That's another show of, Hey, look, we're doing the right thing. We don't, yep. we didn't approve Blood this. Money. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just trying to you know, placate people into being like, Hey, we're, we're, you know, we're taking care of the family now. Um, and, and, and that's great, right? That That's great. But on the other hand, you know, we just hit the one year anniversary of, uh, Brianna Taylor's death, right? I think it was March 13th. So, um, she was a 26 year old, uh, black emergency room technician from Louisville, Kentucky was shot and killed in her apartment by three police officers during a botch raid. A summer of intense protests over Taylor's death and those of two black men, uh, Ahmad Arbery and George Floyd, gave rise to chants of Black Lives Matter and in honor of Taylor, say her name. Coming up to March 13th, the anniversary of Taylor's death, protests in Louisville have largely dissipated, but her family, friends, and supporters continue to work to keep her name uh, top of mind. 
Um, so, you know, she has not gotten justice, right? There, there has been, no one has been tried for her murder. Um, as far as I know, her family has not gotten a settlement. You know, her, her boyfriend who was assaulted, um, you know, still hasn't gotten any kind of, you know, uh, compensation or, or anything i know he he's he was let off on charges he was uh, that he was thank, yeah thank whatever power you you hold in your heart but yeah you know uh, because thank the protests i'm sure i mean i don't think without those yes. protests they would have let him go so thank the people yeah that's what we should start saying from now from now on that's you know because that's what we believe in right yeah we yeah thank the, the people. people thank the yep. people baby mm. yeah i mean uh yeah again she has not gotten justice i know i know he's filing a uh, i think a civil law- lawsuit now too but you know it's just like wh- what does it take she she was she was murdered in her own home um you know as they say a botched read and yet you know they're still justifying her murder and uh you know what is it what does it take at this point to get some justice for somebody and, you know, a year later, you know, people move on. They start to forget. And we, we can't, right? Say her name. You got to remember because it, it could next time it could be someone you know or love. And uh, we want to stop this now. And every time this happens, it is an attack on us. Yep. You know, it, because, it, you know, one way or another, it will be, it will be you. I mean, it's yeah. Fred Hampton all over again, right? I mean, it's just yes. like, it just keeps happening. Yeah, that's that's exactly exactly what they did. Um, but yeah, so rest in power, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, many others. We unfortunately don't uh, don't have the time for. It was interesting you said that about the city. Like, you know, it kind of reminds me of when when uh, when a parent is abusing their kid or something. Like, you know, they'll abuse the kid and then appease them with something afterwards to right. kind of make them feel like they justified it or like, you know. I'll do it. I, you know, if I'm like mean to my dog on a walk because like I was a little impatient, like I'm the one who didn't wear a hoodie because I thought you were going to pee quick, you know, and I'm like, come on. Like, you know, I'm like, let's yeah, go. I'm cold, and, right? <laughs> and then when yeah. I get back, I'm like, here, have a treat, baby. <laughs> like, like that's yeah. what, you know, that that's what the United States has constantly done to obviously the black communities since the transatlantic slave trade, you know, brought them to the Americas, but also, you know, to indigenous peoples of, of the United States, you know, that's how the West was won. It was constant, you know, blood and then appeasement and being like, Oh, don't worry. You know, you have this reservation or don't worry. You have this spot. Like that's all it ever is. It's always manipulation. It just takes different, different forms, but at the core, it's always the same thing. So please, please keep that in mind. Uh, you know, people. And, um, you know, I hope that uh, one of the members of George Floyd's family uses some of that money to, you know, get incredible training and uh, and become Batman. I was just going to say. <laughs> yep, that's it, you know. or I feel like we least. need Captain America more right now than we need Batman. We don't need Bruce Wayne, I'll tell you that yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we need Steve Rogers because we don't need Captain America either. True. We need St- we need Steve Rogers. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean Steve Rogers represents what America should be. I was actually just talking about this with someone at work uh, this week. You know how oh, yeah. how you would expect him. You know when you watch the Marvel movies or, or the comics, and we've talked about it, I think, uh, via text as well. You know just how you expect Often, him to kind of fall yeah. in line with well, line with the government and their policies, but you know time and time again he would take a stand for the people and not. He didn't want Big Brother watching over everyone. You know, he didn't want everyone to have to register, you know, their identities and stuff. So it was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I, I'd say that that at his – and th- this is actually a podcast episode all itself. One day we'll yes, do it. Yes. Um, but uh, I'd say that, uh, yeah, like you said, like Captain America represents the, the core founding, you know, the beliefs, which even then – were instituted by problematic people, but the ideas, right? Those ideas yeah. of of liberty and freedom, and give me your poor, your your sick, your huddled masses, yearning to breathe free. Everyone has an opportunity here, like that. Those are the ideas uh, which which Steve Rogers uh, holds in his heart. It's unfortunate for literally the entire country that uh, when they <laughs> when they stray away from him, them that that Rogers has to rip the star off of his chest and set him right. You know, <laughs> he's like. 
you know, he is the moral compass. Steve Rogers is, is the is. moral compass. Too bad Chris know? Evans isn't. <laughs> yeah, uh, what, what is he? He's, oh, yeah, you said he signed bombs and shit. Yeah, I mean, he's super he's liberal, a, he's a fucking but lib, he right? just, yeah, he's, he's like, go, he goes to military camps, signs bombs. They use yeah. to go and, you know, murder brown people. So, you know, yeah. So Woo! just like, it's literally reenacting that scene from uh, the beginning of Iron Man where Stark sees his own name and it explodes. <laughs> yeah, he's going to see a bomb and it's going to be a thumbs up little sketch of Chris Evans. Oh, as Captain God. America. <laughs> Yeah, so, you're say right. Say goodbye, 22. Listen to last week's episode if you don't get oh, that. Oh, man. <laughs> that Shit. reference. Nice. Let's oh, call thank back. you, thank you. I'm here all night. Biden and Evan say hi. <laughs> <laughs> Biden sends his regards. The so Biden sends the regards. The last thing that I kind of... <laughs> That I kind of wanted to talk about was, and I've mentioned this a few times in the podcast, um, was about the GameStop uh, stocks. Just because there's some interesting stuff that's been going on. Stonks, um, stonks, 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 yeah. stonks, stonks. So, <laughs> you know, uh, Wall Street Bets is a Reddit thread, and basically people go there to talk about possible stocks to buy into and, and, and you know, buy and sell and all that. Um, but the cool thing is that it's not all people with a lot of money, right? You, you definitely have people and they're like, I bought 100,000 shares of this. And that's great. That's nice you got that money. But there's definitely people who are like, hey, I bought one share of GameStop or three shares of GameStop. Um, and what I, I, I've been really reading the the, the Reddit posts there and, and really kind of going, you know, through it a lot. And um, I found some really cool stories that people are like, hey, you know, I've got all these medical bills and, you know, the GameStop stocks are actually going to help me pay them all off. Um, people are like, hey, I'm finally going to be out of debt. You know, I can finally, you know, uh, you know, pay this or that. Or like, you know, I can get my, my wife, um, you know, a real wedding ring. Like I've seen all kinds of really cool posts from people who wow. are going to like turn their lives around just from this one stock that has been pushed by, by you know, by people, by by everyday people, not by uh, hedge funds. Um, and I think that's pretty amazing. And, I you know, I've, I've been able, fortunate to make some money off it. Um, but... Uh, time and time again, the hedge funds have attacked it. And, uh, you know, I briefly mentioned short selling on one other episode, but basically the concept is an investor borrows a stock, st- uh, sells the stock, and then buys the stock back to return to the lender. And short sellers are betting that the stock they sell will drop in price. Um, so this is yesterday uh, was the second time that I know of in the last month that hedge funds um basically coordinated a short selling attack on GameStop stock and uh, dropped it significantly. It lost like uh, over a hundred dollars, um, you know, of what it was worth. And, and uh, also just so you know, and I'm really sorry to cut you no, off no, that's here, fine. but like, but like these hedge fund people, once, if you haven't listened to Occupy a Job on Wall Street, uh, it's a podcast that I do for one of my voiceover clients. So I like, you know, these people are like making bank off of the deals that they fucking broker like it is their responsibility to spend as much money as possible on their clients in order to get in order to secure uh you know secure their business with their fund with their hedge fund like like you know this is specifically from what it sounds like to me ty is them just going Fuck those people exactly. for making it difficult for us fuck the person who has hospital bills that they're gonna pay i need another I don't know. I don't want to say yacht because they're not that rich, but you know <laughs> they can be. I mean, know, look at Wolf, Wolf Wall Street, right? <laughs> penthouse and stuff, and yeah, you know, like anytime yeah. I've upped my price for my for my client on Wall Street, he's never been like, "Ooh, that's too much." Right. Like, he's right, always like, right. "All right, fine." He's like, "Here's a bonus for fucking finishing." I'm like, "Nice." What? Like, <laughs> like they they're good, you know. And he's at the end of his career. Like, it's wild. I, I mean, and listen, short selling is kind of looked down upon, you know, and in, in, in uh in the trade, you know, stock trading world. And, uh, so many people do it. And, and, you know, these guys have bet a lot of money and we're talking, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars now on this. Um, so it's in their best interest to fuck over everyday people like you and me and, and try and, you know, uh, tank the stock and make some money off it. So uh, they, they keep trying. And basically the idea is that, you know, people on wall street bets who are buying into the stock are trying to squeeze it. It's called the short squeeze. And where, um, basically the, the, the stock just keeps going back up and these guys that are at the hedge funds can't actually finish 
they're short selling. They can't actually buy it at the lower price that they were they were hoping to, um, and and it squeezes them and winds up raising the price. And you know everyone's the joke is you know it's going to go to the moon. It's going to hit you know a thousand dollars a share. And you know while that seems unlikely, it definitely you know can hit some high numbers. It hit three hundred and fifty last week. It four hundred and fifty uh, a few months back. So you know it's this is a great opportunity for for people to kind of get in on you know a re- relatively affordable stock and make some money off it. Um, and again, when you read those 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 posts and you see what how this can really turn things around for people but then these hedge funds just keep trying to fuck them over uh it's just like to me it's the definition of capitalism right like you know we the little guy can't win we we you know if they let us have this win they're afraid that we'll go after other stocks and they don't want that to happen you know it, it has to be contained within a certain uh group of people that is able to make money off it which is which is kind of bullshit right that's the way that most systems have been in the united right. states since their inception like it's always you know it's for the rich to get richer and the poor they they help facilitate it trust me it's always the poor who help facilitate you know businesses becoming successful and stuff but they don't ever reap the benefits it's always the wealthy who get to re- continue reaping those benefits. So uh, one cool thing that Wall Street Bets uh, users have have done with the money they've been getting from the GameStop stocks. Uh, so there's this kind of joke where it's like apes uh, strong together, right? From the Planet apes of the Apes strong film. Strong together. Yeah, yes. you know, and like so, a lot of people on on uh, Wall Street Bets call each other apes, right? They're like, you know, we're we're strong. Let's stick together. Hold. The whole idea is to hold your stock, not to sell it. To hang on to it, get it as high as we can. You know, really squeeze the hedge fund. And once you do, it's really going to skyrocket because they're they're going to lose their money. They're not going to be able to to finish their their short selling. Um, so the big thing is holding, right? And uh, a lot of Wall Street Bets users um, have been using their money and donating it. So I have this cool article here. It says Wall Street Bets raises over three hundred and eleven thousand dollars for Diane Fossey Gorilla Fund in one weekend. The Wall Street Bets subreddit has donated wow. over three hundred eleven thousand towards wildlife conservation efforts using profits from buying GameStop stock. In January, a bunch of Reddit users made a bunch of money trading GameStop stock, and the subreddit responsible, Wall Street Bets, has pulled together and used the money for a good cause over the weekend. Users have poured over $311,000 into the Diane Fossey Gorilla Fund International, a wildlife conservation organization dedicated to saving gorillas around the world. So uh, they kind of turned this joke, right? This, this uh, you know, Ape Strong together a thing. A meme. They turned a meme. Yeah, a meme yeah. Into, into actually making a difference in the world and saving, uh, you know, an endangered species, basically. Um, $311,000 on one weekend from everyday people. Uh, when when these hedge funds, what are they doing with that money, right? Are they are they helping wildlife? Are they helping the planet? No. So I thought it was kind of cool. Um, the 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 head of the Diane Fossey Gorilla Fund Foundation actually made a video thanking Wall Street Bets and said, you know, how this is life changing money and and they, you know they're so grateful for it and they're you know they've been able to protect um, and study gorillas and, and really help them uh, stay alive. And this may seem like a silly thing to people, maybe, you know, but uh, I know for me, you know, seeing them save save lives like that is kind of cool. And I think it's uh, a better use of money than, than blowing it on, on blowing hookers. So uh, as, as, as if you watch The Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> so it's kind of cool. I'm, I'm excited about it. And, uh, you know, I hope we can really squeeze these hedge funds and, and make some uh, money off of them and do some go with it. And I think that also pokes a hole in the in another argument against uh you know communism as a whole which is people are naturally selfish. Like it right. won't, com- communism doesn't work because people naturally uh seek help for themselves, but um but that's it's not true. At its core it's 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 not true. And trust in other humans is what led to our evolution. Uh there's a book um called Humans, I believe, and uh I've only heard people talk about it. I actually want to read it or listen to it at some point soon, but it says that like one of the big things that rocketed us forward as a species developmentally was that we could believe in a shared fiction. Right. Okay. You know, so we can say, uh, I can come to you and say, yo, uh if you hear growling by a bush don't go near that bush. It's a fucking tiger. Like, and it's going to kill you. And then I just saved your fucking life. Right. You know, right. because if we looked out for ourselves, I would walk past you, you'd walk past me, and you'd go get killed by the tiger. So that is at its core what led to to us becoming like, you know, some might consider the most dominant species on the planet, you know, the top of the food chain. Like that is interesting. That is yeah. what 
you know, that that's shared fiction. Unfortunately, there's also a shared fiction that I can take a piece of paper and tell you it's worth however many hours of your labor and time. And mm. that's where capitalism starts. There are ways to ruin it. You know, but but, the, you know, you have people like uh, that one CEO who cut his, you know, his annual salary by 70 grand. You have, you know, people who are all of a sudden falling into money. They have more than they know what to do with through, you know, through through Wall Street bets and through GameStop. And and they are they are redistributing that money in in moral ways. And I think that, you know, we just have to recognize this and know that, like, you know, you're you can be that person, too, like in in a way that you don't have to worry about, like becoming that capitalist monster or whatever right. or or in a, or in a let's say in a world where um you know we were all paid the same like we would all help each other out like in a world where security and 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 pro- progress is in our hands i th- i might be eating these words you know you can tell me one day future tie but um you know i think that our our core instinct is to take care of each other and that if if we removed certain obstacles to that, we would realize what's important, and that is that is people and gorillas. Yeah, I mean, in a perfect world, we wouldn't have to do these things, right? But unfortunately, yes, it shouldn't be up to us to run a five k to help a kid get heart surgery, you know. But that is technically a form of mutual aid, you know, because because you know, capitalism has failed him and his family, hypothetically, you know. Right, right. And folks, it's that time of the show where. We uh we got to do it, everybody. I don't, uh, you know, we we've we've gone several episodes without mentioning the president of, of the United States. I don't think who the you know the president the uh Kamala Harris Kamala Harris. Oh, by your time, yes, future tie. I know that Kamala Harris is the president of the United States, but where I am, it's still it's still Joe Biden. He has uh unleashed his first uh strike against Syria, which we all knew was coming. The Pentagon said the strike destroyed multiple facilities and was ordered in response to attacks against U.S. and coalition personnel in Iraq. Iraq, excuse me. Militia officials said one person had been killed, but a war monitor reported at least 22 fatalities. Syria condemned the attacks as a bad sign. What? I'm sorry. It was very difficult to read that with a straight face because it's terrible. 22 people were killed. Yeah. Uh, a bad sign from the new U.S. administration. But that's like that's like to say the least. That's how afraid other countries are of us. And it's like, hey, how do you feel that we just murder 22 of your people? And it's like, you know, it's not ideal. Uh, you know, it's not a great way to start things <laughs> off. It's a bad sign. Hopefully you can murder less next time. Thanks, uh, Big Daddy United States. Uh, The Pentagon said its strike near the Iraqi border in eastern Syria was a proportionate military response that was taken together with diplomatic measures, quote unquote, including consulting coalition partners. It came after a civilian contractor was killed in a rocket attack on U.S. targets earlier this month. A U.S. service member and five other contractors were also injured when the rockets hit sites in Erbil, including a base used by the U.S.-led coalition. Meanwhile, isn't Biden in in peace talks right with Iran to uh, for the nuclear deal again? While this is all going on, <laughs> it doesn't seem like a great great way to uh, to channel peace. But now I don't think it's great that a civilian contractor was killed. A yeah. U.S. civilian contractor. I would also like to note that I don't think a U.S. civilian should be contracting for the military in another country. Right. Like, like the thing is, if you're pro troops, you know what? I'll say it. I'm pro troops, meaning I don't want them to go to other fucking countries. I want them to be home and 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 alive and yeah, murdering healthy. protesters like they're supposed to. No, I'm kidding about that part. But um, but uh, maybe, maybe might... that's it, dude. We gotta keep them overseas. Otherwise, they fucking get us. You're like, listen, they're gonna kill it one way or another. So. Yeah, just send those sociopaths over to get the brown people. But um, but yeah, uh, the, you know the thing is also like, oh well, this person got killed overseas, blah, blah blah. And it's like it's terrible. Stop putting our people overseas. Stop putting our people in other countries to influence their stuff and take their natural resources. Yep. And stop using my stimmy to fucking bomb people. You know. Yeah, man. That's fuck? my stimmy, Biden. We don't want to kill people. It's a bad Biden. You had yours. You had an administration where you drone strike people. You I know. Stop yeah, it. Come on. It's not fair. Hungry for them drone strikes. Let me ask you this, Ty. Are you surprised, though? No, not at all. I'm, I mean, I am a little surprised it, it happened as quickly as it did. I figured he'd wait a little longer. But, uh, I mean, I think we a lot of leftists have predicted 
that Biden will actually, you know, enter a war at some point in the next four years. So, um, yep, this seems about right. Yeah. You know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Yep. Right on brand. Um, yeah. So, uh, that was it. That's, that's all I even want to bother talking about today. And, um, you know, (laughs) I know that, uh, I know that that's not like great for a person uh, listening to this podcast to hear. Uh, but I personally like when podcasters are, you know, very forward and honest yeah. and let us know where where they stand. Because honestly, you know, because we talked about it all, you know, like this past month, it just helps to know that you're not alone. And so for those of you who are, you know, feeling that emotional crunch, like you are not alone. And, you know, for those of you who listen to Ty being like, you know, there's less fear now, blah, blah, blah. Like I, I wanted to bring it up then, but I'm going to bring it up now. I think that's just a matter of we get used to fucked up shit. Yeah, absolutely. That is. That I mean, that's all it is. We we experienced it for a year, <laughs> so now like the fear's not the same for me. But I'm I'm you know I've also been in in the thick of it, and you know there's a lot of people that have been in isolation for the last year. So the idea of entering the world again is probably a pretty scary thing. So I I don't fault anyone for for feeling it is. fear. You know, <laughs> um, it really really is. Uh, I can I share with you this is weird and I, I haven't said this out loud yet this is the, this is the first time anyone's hearing it um, well I mean you've already heard it future tie but um, <laughs> I mean do you want to tell me what I'm gonna say or no uh, no I think it should come from your your own your I own mouth and your own words you know the space-time continuum yeah, yeah. Well, it means a lot I, I, I yeah thank you for that um but uh but yeah I am I'm glad that unemployment has gotten extended uh, albeit it's you know, so much less than what I would be making if I were like working a job, but you know, it allows me to barely pay some of my bills. And, you know, I feel like this time that I have from not working in a traditional job, I should be putting into creative stuff as much as possible and really trying to do that. And I think I'm not alone. Like, I feel like I'm in a hyperbolic time chamber of creativity. You know what I mean? Like, I'll go in and then come out of lockdown like, oh, my God, you know, he made something of himself. And I know there's a lot of pressure on on people to do that. And I just want to let you know that you don't need to have that pressure. I have that pressure and I don't like it, you know, because something that gives you joy shouldn't bring you misery at the same time. It shouldn't make you anxious at the same time, you know. Um, so for those of you who are getting creative and using that to escape the, you know, pandemic blues that you, you might still have. And I still, honestly, I didn't get them when everyone else did. I got them much later on. I was a late bloomer with my pandemic blues. So, um, you know, it became really real. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's rough. But, uh, but listen, uh, you know, listeners, we're all we're all there with you, and we we appreciate you listening. Next week, we will be reviewing Wandavision, and we'll have at least one special guest, uh, Antonia Chaba, which you recognize at the end of most episodes when I remember to do it. Uh, she is the creator of our podcast logo, and uh, and hopefully, we are looking to have another guest on. But we'll see if we're we're able to make uh, you know make it make schedules meet up but yes wandavision for those of you who are unaware is a disney plus original show which is now streaming on the platform it extends the marvel cinematic universe so all those wild comic book avengers movies this takes a couple of those characters puts them into into this self-contained show and uh and it deals a lot with grief which is what we're going to be discussing we're going to be discussing trauma um this is uh it's gonna hit it's gonna get real next week and I'm ready yeah. for it. All right. Hopefully you are too. And hopefully you're ready to follow us on all of our platforms I mentioned at the beginning. So, uh, you know, Instagram, Politipop Podcast, Twitter, Politipop Pod. Uh, we're also on Facebook. Search up the Politipop Podcast. You can email us at politipopcast at gmail.com. Find our show notes and sources at politipoppodcast.wordpress.com. Special thanks to all of you. And like I said, to Antonia Chava for logo design. We'll see you next week, Antonia. And uh, for the Politipop Podcast, I have been Mike Booch. I've been Ty. Remember, no matter what media you are taking in, what's going on in the world of the country around you, never stop thinking, never stop learning, and always remember to read between the lines. And scene. It certainly is.